Hi, it's a Wednesday afternoon over here. I just finished my teaching, and I think I'll devote this time to uh, a few words about Rosh Hashanah, which of course is coming up. Today's podcast is being sponsored very classy way by Stefanski, by Yonah Bitsal Stefanski. Be the last one of the year. Uh, very uh, uh, thankful, and uh, I look forward as I mentioned to him and the others, to be have the opportunity to do more, and hope we'll get the right people behind it in this coming year. Now, in um, uh, we're looking at Rosh Hashanah, and let me put it this way: What exactly are you going to talk about? I happen to um, get a nice email from one of my friends. Now it was a farm chatter in Lakewood that he was kind of informing me that the new volume of the Olas Chodesh, Olas Shlishi, is coming out from the Chuvami Alvar Leza Fleckles, who's a favorite of mine. And he was one of the great orators, Darshanim, in Prague, back in the 18th century. I kind of like that stuff. It's a, you know, it's an acquired taste. And uh, for those of you who don't know, the Chuvami Alvar was something like the successor to Noda Behud in Prague. Not exactly, but something like that. And he used to publish a lot of drushes because he's a very good talker, and he did it to support, so he had to pay for chassans for his daughters. It's true. And so, um, this year I was just flipping through, and was today, this morning, just for a minute, you know, about Rosh Hashanah, because my juices are now flowing, you know, I'm not, I'm usually in the rabbi business, we give drushes and, and, and sermons and this, that, and the other, and because of the COVID, we're all locked up. But, uh, let me share this with you. Uh, as we all know, the Rosh Hashanah, first of all, is uh, the way the liturgy is organized is about years of It's kind of notorious that there's almost nothing about Yom Adin in Rosh Hashanah. Uh, the Ashkenazim, for that very reason, created the Nisanatokif to try to throw in the theme of Yom Adin. And a little bit here and there, a little bit, you know, but basically, it's about the years of Romimus. Whereas during, and I would say, if you're honest about it, most people during the year, if they have any Yira, <laughs> uh, it's a year of uh, You know, nobody wants to get hurt, it's normal. And I'll give you an example, Corona now. Nobody wants to get Corona, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, but to stand like the Mesilis Sharm says into awe that you don't want to do anything wrong you're standing in the presence of a king and the godless itself is like amazing uh, that's a different that's something different that's only Elul and Tishrei I think and I could be wrong and maybe the Hasidim is different I don't know but Libi Omerli that's really the way it is on a day to day general person basis come Rosh Hashanah you think more along these lines the old davening is organized along these lines the davening is very much along the lines of, of Yeris Aromas. Think, for example, etc., etc. That's all about Yeris Aromas. I mean, what does it say? It said the nations will all Why? Because all of a sudden they'll get a, a Yeris Aromas. Think about what I'm saying. No. It's because a time will come, we pray, that mankind will become sufficiently enlightened, enlightened, that they will be as a kum gurachas, lasas ritzon shalom. That the nations of the world will realize one day, after they wasted a couple thousand years, the mistakes that they made with all the uh, false stuff and led to uh, war and destruction and poverty and all that. And be as a kum gurachas to make a nice United Nations, lasas ritzon kabalevu shalom. And then the mailer ten kavod Hashem leamecha. Then the Jews will be in the position to say, "See, I told you so the whole time. We knew it." you did. Fine. So, uh, Yerus Romus is an interesting thing. That means a person, uh, I'll tell you where you get Yerus Romus. I said, I'm sure maybe I told this story already. I had a student, maybe was 2022, and he called me up once, eight years ago, and he said, can he and a friend go on the Sphera to a baseball game? It's not us, sir. On the other hand, I don't know if it's the right thing to do in Sphera like that. But I, I know him, and I said roughly what I just said before. I said, I don't know, Sphira is a little strange, but you can go. It doesn't say in the Shulchan Aruch that it shall not go. 
to a baseball game. And uh, uh, fine. I saw him a week or two later, maybe a little more. I said, who won the game? He said, we decided then not to go. So that's called years of You know, it's not the right thing. It's not what Hashem wants. You know, I don't know if he theologied it the way I just laid it out. Subconsciously, that's called years of Hmm. Yosef and Potiphar's wife. What's what happened in the end? He's going to do it, and then there's Domino Demus He thought about Yaakov. He thought about where he comes from, and basically, he's giving a, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, he's not going to do it because it's unworthy. You see, and uh, that's Yerusha Romus. Okay. Now the reason I'm bringing this up is first of all, Rosh Hashanah is the holiday of Yerusha Romus. I repeat, it's the holiday. Number two, uh, Rosh Hashanah, the year of Romans itself, if properly uh, understood, promotes the notion of Achdus among the Jews from a very frumistic point of view. Uh, if we are all servants of the king, we should be ashamed to quarrel with each other in the presence of the king. That's uh, un, un, It doesn't stand with the dignity of the court. A proper situation is all the Avonim are standing around the king and uh, and there's nothing that they want to do more than uh, follow orders and they are all united in complete devotion to the king. To the degree that they quarrel with each other, then you end up with intrigues like you have in palaces and all the stuff and that's all over the world from the White House to the Green House. You know, the, the president, the prime minister, the king, the this, that, the sheikh, always surrounded by people who don't really like the ruler, but are trying to leverage their closeness with the ruler to get something out of it, usually money or power or something like that. You know what I just said? The history is replete with situations in which you have kings and leaders, and they're surrounded with servants and uh, courtiers and cabinet ministers, but the emiss is that those people are out for themselves and are trying to use their position, and they often succeed to get something out of it as opposed to a real Evid Nemon, uh, not trying to get anything out of it. Okay, so in that case, it's Achtas, it's supposed to be. Right? It's Achtas. We're all together with one purpose in mind. Now, the reason I mention that is because, well, it's on Fleckless book, the Mekos Chodesh Hasheni, which is his classic safer um, on Elul and Tishrei. Uh, there's this outfit in New York that in the last 10 years or 5 years, whatever, I've been reprinting in a nice print. And I love it. I don't know who they are, but God bless them. I'm still hoping, like I told this farm chatter the other day, I hope they republish in a nice format the Shalos and Shubas to Shuba Miyabla. They're wonderful. They're, they're written very well. Not that the old print is so bad, but I like the new stuff. And if they if they ever do it, that's something you should get. Well, I don't know who you are, but it's, it's something very interesting. Now, um, this... In the Jewish people, in Jewish religion, we have many ideas, I mean a ton, and uh, they don't all agree. Ju- Judaism is a civilization, it's not just a doctrine, a theology, because we've always had a ton of different thinkers, with a lot of different opinions on every subject under the sun, including God, and heaven and hell, and everything, you know? You know maybe people don't know it, but it is. Now, um, in the case of the Jewish people, we have a concept, I'm sure I mentioned a hundred times, of Klal Yisrael. In other words, it's taking the notion of nationalism and then religionizing it in a very special way. Um, the notion of nationalism, which is a European concept, basically says that a nation is, is, is the, the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Yes, there's a country called Germany with 50, 60, 70 million German individuals, but the Messias of Germany, all those people united together constitute some kind of essence, essence called Germanism, or France, or Italy, or any country. This is the idea of, it's almost like the nation has identity of its own. Whereas, from a purely scientific point of view, it does not. A nation is just a conglomeration of a bunch of people. You know what I'm saying? From a science perspective, a country is just a place full of a lot of people. <laughs> Every one of them is distinct. They may have a common language, they may have a common, uh, you know, this, that, and the other, but each one's a distinct homo sapien. But from not the science perspective, from the, uh, shall I say, philosophical perspective, other perspectives, 
We look at the nation as having an identity of its own. We even say America made a move against Iran, even though there's no such thing called America, and this is called Iran. But we all know we use this language, so we know what we're talking about. Now, in the Jewish religion, we certainly say that the sum total of Kali Yisrael is more than the, is, is greater than some of its parts. There's each and every individual Jew, although that's very important too. But the whole Jewish people, as per se, is something unbelievably powerful. And the thing is, is this so, and God created that way. And that's the reason, for example, that we have a, a principle of grace in connection with Claudius or what you do not have with the individual. So if a person does something good, he gets rewarded. If he does something bad, he gets punished. If he does something really bad, you can get cars, you know, and get totally wiped out. Not Claudius Roll. Even if they did something really bad, like a golden calf, they can't get wiped out. They can't get wiped out. It's like, a, you know, it's, it's like, a, in that case, the whole thing is reset and uh, you simply are not punished. <laughs> okay? This is the great emphasis. Now, we don't talk this way much nowadays, or at least I don't see it, because everything I said fell apart in the last 200 years. Once the Orthodox, the conservative, reformed this group and that group and the other all went in different ways. The non from the from the Zionist Jewish people radically dis disunited, uh, and we've had problems with disunity ever since the time of the tribes. But and we have, uh, but if the Jews ever do get united, that itself, the the actus of Kali Yisrael, everybody agrees to, you know, uh, uh, tolerate the other one. Everybody agrees to respect the other one. That's what I mean by united. Everybody agrees to like the other one, even though not exactly the same. Notice. I didn't say unite in the narrow way. That everybody holds from. Let me put it this way. Everybody should be like me. <laughs> Talk to a Satmer. So I'm in favor of unity. Everybody should hold like Satmer. Talk to Lubavitcher. Definitely. Everybody should be. Huh? We should all be Chabad. Talk to uh, Avadi Yosef. Everybody should be Sephardi. You know? that, that's not what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about the 12 tribes. In other words, I'm Ashkenaz. You're Sephardi. He's Lubavitch. This one is this. That one's YU. And wait a minute, I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I just spend a lot of time talking within the firm world. I'm Orthodox, you're conservative, this and reform, we shall be united. Now this is a no-no, because the way Jewish history has developed in the last 250 years or so is there are sharp dividing lines between the firm and the not firm and this one and that one, certainly, certainly between the believers and the atheists. Certainly. And it will surprise people to see that from the classic point of view of the Chazal and the Torah, even the believers in atheists should get along and should get together. And there are many teachings like this. The famous one is the teaching of Chavor Ephraim, Chavor Atzav Ephraim Hanachlo, which is quoted many times, which means that even in the time of Achav, if all the Jews would be united, even to serve idol worship, Hashem would like it. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. That's it's a mystical idea. You understand? It doesn't have to make sense. It's a mystical idea. It's a messias. That means you and I don't appreciate the unbelievably radioactive messias of Kali Yisrael. And we don't. Um, now I realize what I'm saying sounds strange to a lot of people because you don't hear this talk anymore. You know, you used to in Old Swarm. And it used to be taken for granted. But in the modern era... You have more of the Hersheyan attitude. You know, here's the Austrid Gemma. You know, I make my own kehillah because it's necessary. If I join with the others, then nobody will be Shomer Shabbos anymore. And uh, most thing I can do is hope for it that one day, one day, like in Parshish Nitzavim, the Jews will have a, uh, an enlightenment session and, you know, till then I'm keeping Shabbos on my own. You know, like that. But the result is the intensely fractionated nature of Jewish people it's very sad. In America, at least where I live, and I'm sure everywhere, the from and the not from have nothing to do with each other, let alone other divisions. I mean, for crying out loud, this is in September of 2020. The Trump anti-Trump. You know what I mean? Trump is a divisive thing. This thing is divisive. Israel is a divisive thing. Zion is a divisive thing. The PLO. You name it. Jews immediately divide. And um, that's very bad. Whereas if the Jews all get together, even though it would require a certain sacrifice on my part and your part, remember those words, then God would like it a lot better. You know what I just said? 
God would like that a lot better. In fact, he'd be supremely happy, even though it goes against the usual from way of talking and, uh, and whatever. Now, uh, I'm mentioning this because I see that in the oldest Chodesh Hashendi, there's all these different drushes about the key. So for, I don't have time to look at them all. I just glanced a little bit here and there. And um, in the past, I used to do a mashal. Um and he's, and he's very uh, nice with the language. And uh, Takiya Shofar, Takiya, uh, let's put it this way. We use these words, as everybody knows in Rosh Hashanah, with very specific meaning, even though the Hebrew of it is not so clear. Um, for example, we don't even know what Shofar means. I know what Shofar comes out by us, but the word Shofar in Hebrew could mean a lot of things. Terua could mean a lot of things. Tekiah, Tokea could mean a lot of things. In our, the way things have developed, Tekiah, Shofar, and, and Shvarim, Trua have very specific meanings. I understand that. But I'm saying Be'etzim, in the Lush and Kodesh of it, they don't have that meaning necessarily at all. Or at least that's certainly only one of many possible meanings. Now, he was emphasizing over here, which is what I told you, because he lived in the 1700s, the Pirud, and how it has to be replaced by the Achtos. And therefore, he wants to say, homiletically, Tekiah Shofar needs to be one thing to get better, you need Tekiah. Tekiah means Tokea Kaf Kaf. You and I have to shake hands uh, sincerely on it, which is an expression of us coming together. I hold one way, you hold differently, but we come together anyway because we're both Jews. You see? And, you know, I repeat, I didn't make you think like me, you didn't make you think like you. I may believe in God, you may not believe in God. You hear what I said? I may be this way, I may be that way. And, we, uh, we, and we're Tokea. We shake hands, and uh, and the result is, you know, so far things get better. Sheep shop hair. That's roughly how he wants to uh, play it in this particular drasha. It's a very nice drasha, but it made me think. And I'll tell you what I mean. Um, consider well, if what I just said was true, then it means that really the Jewish people should be united in every possible way, all the time. But it's never that way. So what is it that causes the disunity? And from one way of talking about it is to say like this, Yitzhar. We all have Yitzhar of disunity. Right? It makes no sense. If I just promised you that if we all get together, we'd all be billionaires, we should think we should all be together. And yet it won't happen. It's not who the Jewish people are. So what, what, what does that mean? It's a Yitzhar for, for disunity, for Pirud. So, I just used that word Yitzhahara. Did I use it rhetorically? Did I use it literally? It's hard to answer that. Why am I saying this? If the Yitzhahara wants period and has worked very successfully because the Yitzhahara knows that every time there's real octus, which happens very rarely, it has radioactive results. For example, the last time I can think this may sound funny, but I don't mean to be funny. The last thing we have from Chazal, where the Jewish people really were united, all the Jewish people, was at the giving of the Torah and Sinai. By Echim Yisrael, they got a heart. He shook up Lebechad. We all know that. And indeed, since they got together, the, 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 the result was the giving of the Torah. No, this is a mystical way of saying it like this. The Matan Torah was the result of Yishachad Lebechad. The flayed one day would be Yishachad Lebechad, you'd have something of equal unbelievable significance. Don't worry, it's not happening so easily. But nevertheless, it's, it's unbelievable power. And Takiya Shofar can be associated with that. Okay? Uh, and this led me to have all kinds of thoughts, which I'm sharing a few of them with you as, as I recall them. Uh, and the reason I tell you is because what happened by Matan Torah is Ki Shochad Lebuchad, it was a Shofar. <laughs> right? It was a Shofar. Or a cold chauffeur, to be more exact. It wasn't a chauffeur, I've seen it. It's a cold chauffeur. Which we build up in our prayers. You know, Machi Zirchon and Shofar's Ata and Neglesa, Ba'an and Kardech, Arpelitor, and you know, Mena Shamayim, Mishmata, Kol Shofar, whatever it is over there. We recall the chauffeur, which first appears in Jewish history, blowing when it's Kishachar Levachad. So it's like he's saying. The chauffeur becomes a symbol, mystical symbol of the Achtos. And um, this could mean. Right? This led me to think, which I'm sharing with you, this can mean the shot that we say that the key chauffeur is Ma'arbev is a Satan. 
Okay? That is to say, that you can do a lot with that. You can eat, the, the, what I have in mind plainly is that the blowing of the shofar uh, symbolizes, or let's put it this way, recalls when we're Kisha Chad Levachad, and therefore it triggers among the people it's supposed to. You know, maybe we can get back to maybe we can get, can, can get back together again, like we once were. And this Ma'arvis is Satan, because the Satan's home at sea is for two thousand years, three three thousand years, is do the opposite. We believe that if the Kalisrol would all get together, the Mashiach Tai will be here. Even without Teshuva and even without this other stuff, because we don't realize the power of the Achdus of Kalisrol. That's what they mean. This is an idea that has faded in our time. It almost sounds like um, counterintuitive. How can you say people are not from? The usual way to understand it is when everybody becomes Shomer Shabbos, then the Mashiach will come. If Kalisrol keeps two Shabbosim, all that kind of stuff, then the Mashiach will come. Well, that's true. That's one way. Now, here's another way. Chabur Atzab Mephraim Hanachlo. If the whole Kalisrol will organize itself, that itself will trigger uh, a Yeshua. And don't worry about the wrong Hashkafa. Hashem will take care of that. That's the meaning of that. Because like, there is a God out there. And the fact that the Jewish people are united around the wrong thing, Jeroboam Shalom can handle that. He runs the world. He organized history. And something will happen that will switch. So notice, first get everybody together under whatever banner. And then Hashem will create it that they'll switch the focus of their unity from A to B and it'll work out okay. This is the classic idea. <laughs> This is the mystical meaning of the shofar in the Irba Satan. You understand? Because everybody's always wondering about that. And um, uh, I think this, I'm just sharing what I think. This is, um, you know, remember Tosu says that Satan's worried about Yom HaGadol Agibra you know, the, the final judgment. Uh, it's also a time of a, ju- uh, of, of a unity, be a unity under terror, but it'll be a unity. The, uh, when, the, when the Satan hears this, he gets scared. The antithesis of the Tkiyashavra, of course, is the period. And I would say, even, tell me if you agree with me, when people are in Shul, on Rosh Hashanah, they hear the chauffeur, it's kind of a solemn moment. And although it is possible for a person to uh, sit there and just think about himself and his family, I get that. No question about that. But I think it's also a, a, a klal type thing, you know. And if, in fact, in the audial nature of the mitzvah, is is almost like an octus thing. I mean, all of us together are hearing the same sound. In our capacity as listeners, we're all the same. You understand? Know we're all the same. Uh, and this confuses the Satan. Because, first of all, it's a Messias. And second of all, it's antithetical to the nature of the Satan. The whole Messias of the Satan is no grace. Satan the way we usually interpret this concept in Judaism is, it's based on what you did. If you were a good boy, you're going to have a good year. If you were a bad boy, you're going to have a bad year. It's all up to you. The Sultan is there to present what you did, specifically your bad stuff, so he can nail you. So, in the in the world, in the Messias of the Sultan, there's no such thing that a person can be bad and be rewarded or, or, or should benefit. And there exists a world beyond this world of Din called Klal Yisrael, in which that, that does work. And this is Ma'arvis Hassan. He's all confused. Because it's, it's not fair. The whole world's supposed to be set up under Din and Mishpat and judgment. And, uh, you know, like I say, it's like you're getting a grade in school. If you're good, you're good. You count up your mitzvahs. The Gemara talks about, you know, all that stuff with, uh, what's the expression? Zechuyos, Meruba, Me'averos, Averos, Meruba, Zechuyos, all that business. And that's the arithmetic of your good and bad deeds. And here I'm talking about something totally different. Right? I'm talking about just if the Jewish people have an have a achdus, that itself, you know, transcends and uh, blows. That gets the guy out of court. <laughs> that gets you to be zochabedin, maybe you didn't deserve it. Um, and I think that this is uh, very much the original mystical meaning behind the chauffeur. Uh, this call, you know, for, for the unity, the, uh, the Satan is running away. It's afraid. And, indeed, the Pasuk we say is, That's quite a statement, not just rhetoric. You pray three times a day, 
or two times a day at least, for uh, or panav. Correct? He says, Sim Shalom Tobar Rachachim Bechetz Rachim Malina Bako Yisrael, Barachino Avinu Kolonik Echad Baor Panecho. Ki Baor Panecho Nasat Lona Noyalina Torah Shaim Yavis Chesed, Sokha Rachim Chaim Shalom Tobi Yavinecho, etc. So what does that mean? You want the shine of God's face, the Or Panov. I'm not going to go into discussion what that means, but it's something good. Now, you know, no time for that. So you pray all the time, Sim Shalom, give us Or Panecho, Barachino Bor Panecho. And then, after we blow the shofar, we say, Happy is the people who knows the truah. And now they'll, they, they, they discovered our panecha. So, is it just because they blew the shofar? Or is it because the shofar symbolizes the achdus? And if they're yod esruah, then they understand, they identify with the teruah. And by the way, truah can mean the sound of a shofar, obviously. But truah also sounds from reus. You know, right? After uh, a a shepherd is called a roa because he gets them all the sheep together. So, yode uh, teruah, if they're able to be yodea, I know to really understand the word yodea is the, is the as we all know is the closest kind of um, uni, un, unity between a person object, a person, and another person. Then Hashem then you hit the jackpot. Even though you weren't such a goody two shoes. And even though you said you share of Lashon Aaron, who knows whatever it is you did. But the fact that they have the, they go for the Achtos, which is hard, by the way. I mean, it sounds like an easy speech to give. For me to like you, <laughs> now, it's easy for you to like me. It's not easy for me to like you. Well, let's face it. That's a hard one. But uh, having said that, if I know that this is the key to me getting a million dollars or better, I'll do it. You understand? Now, the tragedy is, if, the, if what I'm saying is true, most Jews don't realize. If I just force myself to like that schnook, I'll get a million bucks. I'd force myself. For a million bucks, is worth it. <laughs> you see? But the HR are very clever, and he always you know, takes you away from thinking along those lines, and so you can't do it. Now, it just struck me very interesting, along these way of thinking, that if you look in... Um, there's several points to be made. Uh, let me do it this way first. This is cute. It's all occurred to me when I looked at Fleckles, but... Um, uh, we have this custom din, whenever, in the Shulchan Aruch, to um, blow 101st blast. Now, the Sephardim do it, the Ashkenaz don't. So, it's called the true Gadol. I'm not talking about the key Gadol that you're doing your Shul. Those of us Ashkenazim, I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to something different for the Sephardim. And Shulchan Aruch talks about it. The tour, you got to go to the tour to see. I told you long ago. You want to see what's really happening, you got to look at the tour. It's a, a near the end of Hilchus Rosh Hashanah. It's a short paragraph. Listen closely. He says, this is the tour. Mitzvah, um, I'm sorry, Tav Kof Tzadivav. Here's what it says. Um, because of Rabbi Amram, uh, that's Amram Gaon, you know, the guy who wrote the, the sitter that we use, Gaon and Babel, meaning he's Rosh Hashiv and, and Tzur and Pumadis, whoever. Because of Rabbi Amram, La'achar Tefilo, Marie and Tzur Gedolo, below Tekiah. That once the is over, notice this is not part of the hundred kolos, but once the is over, um, you blow Tzur Gedolo. No, 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 no. Not a tikiya gedola, the way you and I used to, but a true gedola. Okay? I'm told that the Sephardim do this. Sephardim. Kedei larve is a satan. Isn't that interesting? Kedei larve is a satan. Now, that means that in ancient Babylonia, in the time of the Gonim, Middle Ages, this is not mentioned in the Gemara at all. But nevertheless, uh, he's the Rosh Hashiva, and I guess it was Surah. Um, and I could look it up. And he said that the 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 din, the minig, whatever the practice is, you blow a true gadol, kedei larvus the Now let me get this straight. You already did the tekiyas to miyoshev, so already were marv the sotan there, and then you did the regular shover blowing machi simachon to the shovers. Alpha became when you leave shul, as you leave shul, you blow a true gadol on Rosh Hashanah. Isn't that interesting? Now, why are you marv the sotan? Now I thought myself years ago. I said this somewhere or other. It's a good word also, and that is uh, 
Listen, you have to confuse the Satan, otherwise he will follow you home. What's the first thing that happens when people leave Shul on Rosh Hashanah? They start saying Lashon Hara. You know, the rabbi's speech wasn't good, the Chazan stunk, the Baltakeah screwed up, the Balkari was no good. That's how we go. You know, that's Jews. And so here you are in Yom Adin, and all the Sultan has to do is just stand at the door on the way out and, you know, tape record everything you say and then go to the heavenly throne and say, you just gave this guy a pass. Look, after all the prayers, he's go back to the regular virus. So in order to sort of blow away the Sultan, say he shouldn't be there when I leave Shul and listen to all the bad things I do to blow up, blow Shulver. You can learn like that, in which case it would be a folk custom. Get it? It's a folk custom. Um, and really, it's like a Muslim art, don't say bad things in Rosh Hashanah. That kind of way of learning it. And you can, you can learn it that way. But the tour goes on to say, Rav Haigon Kosov, that regarding this practice of blowing the Trua, Gedola, after Shul, Rav Haigon said, Lomitoris Minhagano Osin. It's not a minig, um, that there's something to it. But it's ra- it rather, it's, it's, um, it's a zikarn, it's a, it's a reminder. El Miki Osra Biyitzchak, Biyamar, there's a famous Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that says that you can't blow the shofar on Shabbos except where the Sanhedrin is. You know that Gemara. And then for, beginning fourth parrot. And so in Yavna they used to do it. And, you know, after the base was destroyed. That was the Sanhedrin was there. And uh, you could blow the shofar there. And so, Rabbi Yitzchak, is that who it is? King Rabbi Yitzchak, Rammer. Yitzchak said, the, 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 the Tana, that I was at that shul when they, in, in Yavna when they daven, and you had a Tekiah uh, shofar, knows he had a Shlich, a Baltikea. And when shul was over, Mikhaim Shlich Tzibor, Tekiah Shabiyavna, I assume it's when shul was over, maybe it's in the middle. Lo Shama Enish Udnim, he called Tekiah Every Tom, Dick, and Harry pulled out a shoulder and blew. Those every weirdo Baltukea. And listen, a lot of Baltukeas are weird. You know, it's a certain type. I'm a Baltukea, don't worry. And uh, they want to blow. You get it? It's, you know, Balkuris are a certain type. <laughs> Baltukeas are a certain type. And so, uh, the type of person who said, this year is a Saturday like it is today. I'm not going to be blow shover. Really freaked him out. And maybe in the time of of Yavna, they only had one day of Rosh Hashanah, and that's complicated with the Adam and everything. And so, I'm not going to hear Tekiah Shavar altogether. Ay Even though it's Zero Shemi, Yavar and Adalas, I'm a truth I don't want to hear, I want to hear Shavar. And the guy would travel to, um, you know, to uh, Yavna. I hear that. And he would make it his business uh, to be there when they blow Shavar. So, he is legitimately hearing Tekiah Shavar on Saturday. It's fine. Uh, and I hear that too. But it's more than that. But this guy said, I guess, but I want to blow myself. Again, every year in Shul, I blow. I've, ever since I'm Bar Mitzvah, I've never missed a year when I blew chauffeur. It could be somebody like that. And therefore, he brought his own chauffeur. And um, after, this is just interesting. So after the official Tekia chauffeur, either, I guess, in Shemarnath, uh, <laughs> who knows? But let's learn Pashat. After Shul was over and they did 100 kolas, let's just learn that way. So then. Uh, it was it was a uh, party time. Every t- guy in the audience who was like the individual I just described pulled out a shofar and blew. And you, and he says Loshama inish kolodne. The said We couldn't hear you here. No, it, it was so loud. So Rav uh, Haigon says Lamanum she yichidim hayurigilin leskorachatvila. So we see that there was a minute that people would blow shofar. After Tfil. And so to remember that minute, this is my understanding of it, uh, we have a custom today that the shots uh, blows a true gadol. You know what I'm saying? That's a little weird. Um, but that's what he says. And the Bach says, you know, he says, it's, it's not mocking. It's weird. Definitely. Now, what does that mean? And and by the way, Rav Haigon goes over to say in the tour, You don't have to do this. You don't have to do that. So, um, you see that there's uh, an Indian that, uh, you know, not to, to blow for yourself. Now, we don't encourage this today. Now, if they do at that time. I saw once in the Sharm Yon Balocha, uh, which is one of my favorite books, and I'm talking about 
the um who I'm talking about the Shamitim Balocha on the Gemara. You know, he um who what should I say? They the Machaber, the Shamitim Balocha, which is this wonderful thing on the on the Kiddush Khanarch, it's fantastic. Uh, so he posthumously they're putting out his stuff on the Masechtas. Anyway, one of them is in Rosh Hashanah. I looked this up one year, and he surmised, it makes a lot of sense to me, that probably what you had at Yavna 2,000 years ago was the following phenomenon. This guy blew like the briskers, and that guy blew like the Temanim, and the other guy blew the other way. And therefore, even though it's the Shliach Sibur of the Sanhedrin, Haggadol, so that ought to be kosher enough for me if I went, <laughs> if I daven, you know, what shall I say? By the minion of Chaim Kanievsky, somebody like that. I, you know, that should be good enough for me if, uh, if Lubavitcher daven in 770, 50 years ago, by the Rebbe and blew for him, is it good enough for you, you know? But it, I'm wrong. These guys want to blow their own way because this guy says, I come from this town and we do with the eh. And the other guy says, I come from that minute and we do with the eh. And so each guy was blowing his own, you know, Misora. That's what uh, he said. And by the way, I thought this, I came up with the same idea of my own. So here we have this strange phenomenon, right? That, you know, called that everybody want to blow their own. Now, part of it is what I just explained. Part of it is antithetical to the whole idea of chauffeur. You see? This is what I was thinking of. They blow, he blows for everybody. So, every, so the fact that we're all together in that room, and we're all Yotzi with one guy, and let's say it was the Sanhedrin's appointed guy, so he's a kosher guy, it's going to be a kosher blowing. That itself should be the achdus that we should be concentrating on, and we should all feel me'uchad, and should all feel better, and uh, this is this itself is the biggest ufto. And that would be ma'arviv is a Right? But instead... Yechidoy, everybody did his own thing. So, it means it's the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah tells everybody, go blow your own. You know what I'm saying? A joint blowing the chauffeur is symbolically the antithesis of the uh, Yechidoy, of the individual blowing the chauffeur. Uh, and people don't see it that way. They say, I want to blow it the way I want to blow it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I'm mixing the two together on purpose. And it could be that this... Uh, custom, it's a uh, it is in the Shulchanach. The Ashkenazim do but it's in the Shulchanach. This Trua Gedola, and remember what I just said, Trua, which is the word Reyes, Trua Gedola custom is to remember, but with a certain sadness, a, a warning that, you know, there used to be a time when there was one people, one guy that blew, and then everybody blew instead. And it's almost like a warning, don't be like that. And uh, because otherwise, the Sutton will zero in on that. You don't realize, because of the nature of Rosh Hashanah, that we concentrate on whether we were good or whether we were bad, whether, you know, you, you always hop around. Rosh Hashanah, listen, the Gemara talks like that, that Bainanim is fully involved in, you have a few days to hop around a couple more mitzvahs, you know, that sort of thing. That's not the Achdus Vart. That's not Chabur Asab Mephraim Hanachlo. That's an individualistic way of looking at it. And those are two Mahalachs, and... Anyway, I think the notion of Tekiyah de Chidoy is a very powerful one because, basically, the guy's not shaking hands with one another. What he's doing is he says, I want to do it my own. I want to make Shabbos for myself. I want to make Rosh Hashanah for myself. I'm not used to it with the Tibur. And um, it's, just, it's just very interesting. Now, along these lines, it just struck me, it's fascinating, that in Odor Shamori, I just wrote an article about this somewhere, uh, about the Tavosh and my experiences with it. Uh, but he says very famously, I think I mentioned this last year. You know, Tavosh Amori has a very interesting capital, and he's got different dwellings. Uh, you know, it's uh, the Bayis and the Hechel and the, and the Ohel and the Sukkah. You look there, you'll see. And the Hechel is obviously the inner inner. And he says, you know, he says, you know, what I'm talking about. He says, Achash uh, Altemis Hashem Shifti Beves Hashem Kol Michai. I like to be in the Bayis. I'd like to be Sheves in the bias, and I'd like to make a bicker in the Hechel. You know, because you can't go in the Kodesh Kodeshim all the time. You can't live in the Kodesh Kodeshim. But you like to go in there sometimes. And, uh, now I know he's not a coin girl, but you know what I'm saying. He's, he's speaking 
in the symbols of it. The the Hechel would be Mamish the Kodesh Gadotchim spiritually. You're allowed to, you don't have to be a Kongoro to go into the spiritual Kodesh Gadotchim. Everybody's supposed to do that or strive to. And King David's a big mystic, and so he's talking these terms. And Kitzbineni Besuka Yamro, Yasim Bissol. And what does he say? He says, Right? I've spoken about this before. How do you translate that? It, 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 it's not easy, as is often the case, to have a good translation of that passage. I will offer up a carbon a sacrifice in his tent, God's tent. Now, what does that mean? So usually they translate it as Zvachim accompanied by truos. You know, sacrifices accompanied by song. Okay, I mean, I, you know, that's nice for a doc type part. But, um, what's really going on? Uh, so I would suggest, based on what I was reading today in Fleckos and this idea, I said before, of the Achdus and the anti Achdus, all the rest of it, um, it says, I want to get into the Hechel. But the way to do that is, after Mavater, I will offer up in his tent, which is the, you know, the Ohel would correspond to the Kodesh. And the Hechel would correspond to the Kodesh Kodoshim. Remember, in King David's time, there was no Beis Amigdash. There wasn't even a Mishkan exactly, but there was the remnants of the Mishkan after the Philistines destroyed it. That's a major part of the reign of King David. And the Ezbechah Ba'olo, I'd like to get into the inner sanctum, like the Rambam talks about, to see where the Melech really is. Uh, but in order to do that, I have to sacrifice Zivchei uh, I have to make sacrifices on behalf of the Reyes. <laughs> you know what I'm I want to get national unity. He was the king. And all through the reign of King David, he had issues with national unity, which came to a head uh, with the rebellion of Absalom. I would remind you, when Absalom rebelled against him and tried to kill the father, the Jewish people sided with the son and not the father. This was like a shock and a wake-up call to King David, who was living on cloud nine. That's a major part of the story. He thought everybody's, everybody holds that he's a tzaddik. He didn't realize how poorly he was regarded, and people thought he's a real uh, bad person, and uh, Achitovel, the Prime Minister, ingeniously leveraged that in order to create this uh, wonderful conspiracy that shocked King David out of his mind when he found out about it. It's all in Psalm 57 or 56, whatever, you know. You know, when, when King David realized he betrayed by his best friend, that's a barber, right? Let's, let, let's put it, anybody would hold it. If you mom, first of all, not many people have a best friend. Not really. Not really. And King David had a best friend, but the best friend turned on him. And so, you end up with a situation where he's like in a major shock. So aside from fighting Absalom, you know, it was totally separate from that story, which I'm sure you're familiar with more or less, and Absalom was killed in battle by Joab in, in the course of the battle, with the death of Absalom, the rebellion of Absalom ended. Because the whole shot of the rebellion was to put Absalom on the throne. If he's dead, there's nothing happening. And, um, which left the Jewish people in a wonderfully delicate situation. I don't think most people read that part of the book of Shmuel Beis. It's very fascinating. Because, um, here's where you need a barbell or somebody. From the political science point of view. Here's King David. And the whole Jewish people, 95% at least, sided with the rebels. And the Pasuk even says that the Jews said to each other, well, Absalom is gone, I guess that one's so bad after all. <laughs> Not exactly what I call ringing endorsement. But on the other hand, he wants to be the king of the people again. Now, if he had his way, meaning he would just let loose the way he wanted to, he'd kill all the rebels. Well, you killed the whole country. So you cannot do that. And so you end up having to say, If I'm going to have any kind of kingdom, the people to accept me back, and to have any kind of achdus, so we can have stability in the country, so I can hand it to my successor, uh, I have to do zivchi I have to be mavater and, 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 and uh, just forgive. Now, he finds it very hard to do so. And some of the people, like Shimi ben Gera, you know, he says, I forgive you, but later he tells Shlomo kill him, so he didn't really get over that one. But the claw he threw in general, he had no choice, but to So when he says in Tehillim, this uh, uh, passage, I think, I don't know, but I think, that this may have been written after the rebellion of Absalom, and he's in a lofty state of mind, 
not in a killed Shimi ben Gera state of mind, but in a lofty state of mind. He's talking about, you know, uh, uh, what's the expression? He's in that kind of mood. And in that kind of mood, he not only wants the Jewish people to be united under him for pragmatic reasons, which is true, of course, but he also wants for loftier reasons. Uh, the Kalei will succeed if there's an Achdus. Now, he had just come off a rebellion or two, uh, because immediately after Avshalom, if you read the story, comes that other guy, what's his name? Uh, uh, escapes my name. Uh, it was another rebel that went after, you know, Yoav went and chased him and killed him in the town. It wasn't Shem ben but it was, uh, anyway, whatever. And it'll come to me. Or one of you will write to me. It's straight in the book. And the, 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 the point is that um, you see the, this uh, interplay between the octaves on the one hand and the other way on the other hand. Um, now, I'll conclude with one line. If what I said is true, if the mystical symbolism of the shofar is a call to tiku shofar, unite together, hold each other's hand, and shofar, things will get better for the mishaper. It's very interesting. And King David says, the only way to get into the inner chamber, and then I get maybe into the heichol. Uh, the Gemara says this in uh, fourth par- third parak, I saw this years ago in one of the Mursky books, a reference to this. Uh, the Tekiah Shofar is called Avodas Panim. Isn't that interesting? Avodas Panim. You know, the Gemara talks about uh, whether you can have gold or, uh, you know, a gold piece on it and, and you know, does the coin Godel go into Kodesh Kodesh and wearing gold clothes, which he does not? And gold reminds you of the Eglazov and all that business. And the bottom line is, he said, what about the Kiyah Shover? Kiyah Shover is Avodas Panim. Which means it has the status of an Avoda performed inside the Kodesh Kodesh. Now hold on for a second. No, it doesn't. The Kiyah Shover is, is outside in the courtyard. Uh, there's nobody goes into Kodesh or the Kodesh Kodesh to blow the Shover. That's not where you do it. If they blew the shofar in the base of Mikdash, which they did, they blew, you know, where the Sanhedrin was or where the people were and out in the courtyard under the open air. Uh, remember, it says, but Mikdash, how you token, below the Medina. So they blew it in the base of Mikdash, but, you know, like I say, not in any of the chambers, not in any of the Kodesh or Kodesh Kodesh places. So, what do you mean that the Kiyosh of the Vodas Panim? Now, years ago, I thought I was clever, and I still do, he said, you can hear it inside. The nature of an audio mitzvah, a mitzvah like a shofar is, it penetrates walls. You understand? That's just an interesting thing. Uh, I don't know about your shul, but I'm sure plenty of shuls nowadays, let's put it this way, Elul is coming to an end, Rosh Hashanah is, is any day. Where do you blow shofar in your shul? I bet you a lot of places are blowing right outside the shul because of corona. Isn't that right? Um, in my shul, in the month of Elul, I simply have a guy, when shul's over, a guy goes outside, we have open window, and he blows outside. Now, to be perfectly honest, even if you had a closed window, you could hear it. You know what I'm That's better to have open window. But I'm just telling you, Lemaisa, you have a glass window, and a guy was standing right outside, and blowing the shovel, you could hear everything. It's not when he's casing the Gemara with the, you know, with the Havara and all that stuff, tequila, tukadus. You could hear everything. So, uh, happens to be that I figured out a way with a doctor friend of mine, to work out the blowing of the shofar this year in my show. But otherwise, in a lot of places, I'm sure a lot of shows will do this. They'll just have the guy standing outside. Nothing wrong. By the way, if you're Ashkenaz, easy. If you're Sephardi, you got to blow in the Salish Monastery. That complicates matters. If Ashkenaz, it's a piece of cake. You know, you don't have nothing Salish Monastery. You're only doing the Chazarza shots and so forth. And the, there's nothing in the world wrong with the uh, mockery and the, the, the shofar blow the Baltic to stand outside. It works. So, what does it mean that the Gemara was Avodas Panim? So I said, well, in another occasion, I once gave a class about this long, long ago. Avodas Panim means you can hear it inside. So the nature of the shofar is hear it inside. Now, by the way, you can, if you're Hasidic, you'll say Avodas Panim. It's an Avodah that touches your Panimus. There's a lot of that stuff. No question about it. 100%. But here it seemed better. If, if the shofar, if the tekiah is like Fleckler says, to me, if the tekiah is the 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 uh, achdus, the tokea echad liachad, tokea bakaf, 
But that's what it symbolizes. So then once, here's the key chauffeur. You think back longingly, you say, oh, why can't we be like Harsina and Isha Boy, if we could get that again. Uh, how could we, even thinking like that is a big deal. Uh, and, you know, the Mashmos is that when the Mashiach comes and they blow that big chauffeur, all the Jews will come back together. Meaning, it also denotes a, an Achdus over there. So if somebody does that, that itself is the Avodah's Prim. That is something which gets you into the Heichel, into the Kodesh Kodashim. You get it? That person is transported spiritually. That's what David Melch says. If I'm willing to give up for the true, for the, uh, for the uh, you know what I mean, for the purpose of the Reyus, and I could say also, like I think I did last year, if you look at the Targum in uh, Tehillim, it says, Zivchei Tru means you Zavech Yeratzen. Zivchei Rabo. Zavech Yeratzen means I shecht my Ratzen, meaning I'm a vater to you for the purpose of the Achtas. You understand? Know if I want to be friends with you and you're a pain in the neck, if I'm Zivchei Tru, if I say I will, I will yield what I want for a higher purpose, and you will yield, hopefully, and then we'll have real Achtas, because that's what that means. You yield whatever you want to yield. So, uh, for the purpose of some something higher, if you do that, then it's called avodas Panim. I think that these are a set of ideas that are very interesting and useful for Rosh Hashanah. And uh, as I say, I wish everybody a uh, you know tzibuk simatova and all the rest of that. And uh, once again, I thank all the sponsors for this past year, including especially Stefanski, who who uh, did this one, very ni- volunteered doing a very nice way. And uh, we should all have a year which get a little bit of Achtos. And that will do uh, a lot for the Geula, even though it's very big, it's very hard to do. That territory, the Pirud, is much the headquarters of the Eight Sahara. But with that note, I wish you a Happy New Year.